0: When I was a tween And in retrospect All those recordings were obscene But now I'm an adult And I can laugh at myself Why not play them For someone else These are the tapes And I hope you enjoy A slice of nostalgia Through the ears of a boy Travel back in time With a familiar sound Let's all get lost and rewound
1: Lost and Rewound, Episode 9 Talk to me
0: Well, hello everybody My name is Alon I am joined by Melissa The voice of reason And Doug, producer extraordinaire
2: The voice of nonsense
0: Jimmy is somewhere I do not know where he is but he is missing out on quite the episode. We'll get to that very shortly. But in the meantime, if you are not familiar with our format, here's the rundown. I carried a handheld tape recorder with me in the mid-90s when I was in middle school, and these recordings were called The Dansker Zone. These recordings have gone relatively unheard up until this year. We here at Lost and Rewound will listen to these tapes with fresh ears as we dig deep into the rough and raw sounds of old media specifically that of the cassette tape. Ultimately, we hope to achieve absolute humility as we come to grips with the sounds of our youth and attempt to connect the dots between then and now. And now we begin. Every guest that we've had here on Lost in Rewound, we've had the pleasure of speaking to, but we've never actually had the pleasure of speaking to them in person. So, allow me to introduce, I'm proud to introduce, our first in-studio guest and second contributor to Lost in Rewound, Becca Kaufman.
3: Hi.
1: Yay. Beck, Beck. Hey, now, guys. Now, we've, uh, ha- we've had several people in New York on the show, but none of them have ever actually made it to be here with us physically.
2: It's pretty special. We've Hopefully. Skyped people in from Brooklyn. I don't know how.
1: <laughs> Far exotic Brooklyn.
0: The exotic trenches of Brooklyn way, way late into the night even. Uh, so thank you, Becca, for joining us here yeah, on this evening. Yeah, I'm
3: appreciating this really fuzzy blanket the f- on the table. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: we got to keep our, our guests comfortable. Becca... For those who are not aware, Becca has come to us because she not only has her own stuff from childhood, but has her own tape magazine called the Master Cactus Audio uh, Tape Magazine. <laughs> Is it oh tape? my God,
3: so many words. It's called Master Cactus Audio Cassette Magazine.
0: Fantastic. Yes. Wait, what would what would the acronym for that be? That would be pretty...
3: MC, MCACM. It doesn't really make MCACM. sense. MCACM
0: mcacm mcacm yeah but it doesn't but before, need to be
2: a song but mcacm works but before, i like it before we get
0: into what's going on now uh what we have to ultimately do since it is lost and rewound we have to roll back to where it all began and you have stuff with you that you are sharing with us so why don't you yeah. introduce it
3: oh my god okay This is a little something I like to call Becca Kaufman and Four Great Hits. I'll just walk you through what it looks like. It is the cover is my 5th grade school portrait. I thought I looked really cool. It's got the nice life touch um, sapphire blue background yeah, going on. Yes, sapphire blue.
2: If you're listening to this, this image is on our Tumblr by this point. So yes. just go there to look at it. Great.
3: It's amazing. Um yeah, I parted my hair down the middle and um, I think I wore I wore a blue V-neck long sleeve shirt and my best friend Vanessa Winfield who's on this tape, she wore her purple long sleeve V-neck so that we could be matching in our school portraits. Um, stats inside include my favorite food, pizza, and oh, some hobbies. What is it? There's
0: a lot of liner I I'm I love this that you, There's some, you know, the liner notes. Cover the entire liner notes of what is ultimately nothing more than maybe just like <laughs> like not even however many little spaces. This that you is can my opus, in. you guys. It's an um, opus.
3: I it says Rebecca Coffin plans to be a performance artist when she grows up in parentheses, comedian, singing, dancing, acting, gymnastics, playing the piano, and drums. And um, I pretty much did all those things. So I was about to ask, how far have you gotten along on that goal? I gave up gymnastics a long time ago. I figured that just wasn't one of my strengths. And the rest, I feel like I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm doing it. You are a performer. You are in a band. I'm a performer. I'm a performance artist. I'm doing comedy. I have this magazine. That's, those are my interests. <laughs>
0: I'm very curious to see uh, the early years of Becca Kaufman See the beginnings <laughs> that we are now going to see how it manifested into now.
3: Oh God! Okay, let's see what
0: happens. Let's see what happens.
2: Okay, we're gonna listen to the first two of your greatest hits, and then we're gonna come back, and then we'll listen to the to the rest. Okay. So let's roll it.
4: Hi, this is Becca Kaufman on December 11, 1994. I'm going to sing a few numbers. For the first one, I'm going to be singing a poem by Shel Silverstein, and it's called How Many, How Much. But I'm going to sing it to the tune of O oh, Susanna. How many slams an old screen door? Depends how loud you shut it. How many slices in the bread? Bend up and you cut it. How much good inside a day? Depends on how you live em. How much love inside a friend? Depends on how much you give em. Oh, Susanna, won't you cry for me? Could the for side a poem? Bosh L. Silverstein. Woo! Hi, this is back again now i'm going to sing a song and i don't know the name of it i think it's called santa baby or something and i'm going to do it in a really weird voice it's cool santa baby won't you have a sleep ride with me santa baby hurry down the chimney tonight this is back again now i'm going to do an impression of elvis singing the heartbreak hotel but it's only the beginning of it because i don't know the rest of the words i don't think anybody would unless they listen to it for a million times so here it is since my baby left me well i found a new place to dwell well down at the end of the street the heartbreak hotel oh i was so lonely baby Oh, I was so lonely. Oh, I was so lonely. I could die.
2: And we're back.
1: Oh, oh my (laughs) goodness. Oh, God. Oh, my goodness.
2: (laughs) I just, uh, listening to that, I can't help but think of the two of you Alon and Becca being such kindred spirits as you children. Slay yeah. Yeah. You slay me. I,
0: I, for full disclosure, I, I, I heard it once. Uh, I, I distinctly did not want to hear it a second time uh, mm-hmm. too soon after until this moment, right. just so that there was a freshness about hearing it again for a second time. Holy, holy moly. You, I, you really... Know,
1: one of the things that you, I thought... You slay me. <laughs> to reiterate how kindred Becca and Alon are right now, a lot of clips from the Danziger zone tend to start with, this is Alon, or this is Brooks, or whoever else was stealing your tape recorder back sure. in 1995. And so that was just funny that all of your clips are, this is Becca, totally. as well, well, if, if there was anybody else ever on these tapes. Well, you, exactly. you started
2: with the voice actor thing of slating yourself and then exactly. starting your program. <laughs>
0: that you was in my future, who you are,
2: and it was uh, foreshadowing.
0: That's actually one of the, the best parts about this, is, is that you give the year. What was the year? Nineteen ninety,
3: 1990, December 1995.
0: Did, did you not... Like, did, am, am, I, am I foreshadowing uh, that there's actually no year in these particular clips, but in the other clips we're going to be hearing later?
3: What do you mean? that I slated? it? Yeah. Do I slate it? I don't think I slated...
0: You did slate. No, I'm talking about it.
3: I'm an idiot. A year... Just at the, the very beginning,
0: right? Yeah. but that being said, you you sl- you did ha- give a year, and in that year, in that month, in that around the time, I was making clips somewhere in upstate New York. In Woodstock. are you gonna cry?
3: I am gonna are you cry. cry? There is so <laughs> many feelings around the table right now. <laughs> it's true, but I think also probably something I am thinking: why every time I listen back, I am like, why did I tell? Why did I announce myself every single time? What I can tell you, one thing I know is that I slaved over this tape. For like a week or more, I returned to it after dinner every night. It was a birthday present for my mom. And I would just sit at this countertop with my Casio keyboard, which I still have to this day. I just bought six more D batteries. It still works? Hell yeah. Did you lose
1: the adapter somewhere along the way?
3: I must have. I must have. But six D batteries. I just refilled it today. It's awesome. And it has like a hundred demos and set songs like Oh Susanna. Which is how I came up with a genius combination of Shell Silverstein and o Susanna.
0: So you read a bunch of Shell Silver, Silverstein, you still have those books that's not hard to keep along the, the way. What I'm most impressed about is, is that you managed to still keep a working Casio
1: keyboard. Yeah, it's big too. Like, so is it really like one of the giant six foot...
3: It's not six... What is it? It's probably... It's probably three and a half, four feet. I don't know. It's like I remember, Maybe I'm remembering in, in,
1: in my mind bigger than they actually were because when we were kids, like the full-size keyboard was. You're right. I mean, if you, okay, if you think about the fact that. It's not a
2: Hammond organ. You were just no. smaller, so yeah. it seemed
1: bigger by Right, comparison. no, that, yeah, I'm, I'm processing that as we're talking about it now. <laughs> but. Sure.
3: But I was thinking, oh, the reason why we maybe both introduced ourselves at the beginning of each clip. Like I was, because the editing process and the recording process for this tape was so drawn out I kept coming back, like returning after many hours or days of work, and like reintroducing myself to the tape. But I think it might have been because you don't really know who you're talking to. You're like, I'm making this tape, and who knows who will listen to it. Also, time capsules were like a thing back then. You I know? remember that. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, you want to make that, sure people know where this came from.
1: Especially as yeah, so we got towards the later '90s, like that whole, I guess, the way the millennium, Y two K, historic moment thing manifested itself as when you were an elementary aged child then was time capsules with Nickelodeon magazine and yo-yos and GAC and like whatever those other weird. You just bring up GAC. Talk about toys from the nineties that we don't discuss anymore.
0: That nobody discusses. BuzzFeed is hearing I this think, and they're like,
2: "How have we not gotten onto this already?" GAC, I think about Gack GAC. every
1: day. I'm, I'm sure they've taken care of Gak. Whatever. <laughs> I'm sure there's a BuzzFeed list somewhere with Gack on it. Right. Uh, their po- Pogs are probably also on the same list. And well, the Pogs obviously and Pogs hmm, are on every 90s throw.
2: Whatever. But let's make a don't... let's make a list of the top 10 90s toys that have already been covered by BuzzFeed. Gak <laughs> was not one of them. I can assure you. I, what about I
3: slime it... or Floam.
2: Well,
0: see the
1: problem with slime. If we can go Moonboob.
2: And- Boots. <laughs> uh,
1: Boots. Oh, I actually have a moon boot story.
2: Yes. Uh, <laughs> Pay dirt.
1: <laughs> it's not that exciting. But one of the um I work in nonprofit and one of the fundraising things that we do throughout the year is we have a couple of like fashion sale charity thrift kind of things. It's basically an Upper East Side rummage sale. And we just had one a couple weeks ago. And normally it's like people's like old Prada and like Hand, handbags that are nice but they're not brand new anymore and so obviously if you live on park avenue you have to get rid of it so you can get another one and but if
2: you're into that sort of thing right if that's it's your th- steal right
1: exactly one of the things that was in the last sale that i saw sitting on one of the tables and i should have taken a picture of it were moon boots like were
2: they like pristine um, or were they beaten
1: they were like beaten. either late 80s or early 90s moon boots too because they were the navy ones Like, the navy and the white, like, white on...
2: I'm not following.
1: Well, because, like, I remember moon boots when I was um, a kid. They were more like the bright Nickelodeon green color. Mm -hmm. Sure. Like, these were more, maybe even 70s or 80s. Oh, so
2: they they predated it because they Uh... hadn't figured out that kids like bright things
1: yet? Right. Like, it was just that period, like, the color and the typeface, and Mm. it looked almost like Apollo era. They actually went to the moon. (laughs) Right. But they were moon boots. Like, what? What the I, hell are Moon Boots doing on this? Like the table full of Ralph Lauren cowboy boots? I, like, can, I, I, I yeah. can
0: top this, I and mean, I just grew, came to my mind. This is not I, a show about one-upsmanship. It is not, but uh, Moon Boots, Gak, all the stuff that remained in, insulated in the nineties. Balzac, a balloon ball. I shit you Did not. You the face
1: ball, like Zach? ball. B- that. I rea- I a- from...
0: <laughs> all A-L- Wow. B A L Z A C.
1: I realize the face that I just made at lawn does not translate across our audio medium, but I it was remember a good one. I remember it was,
2: Balzac. It, it was and I ball- I remember it even more specifically because in Music Man there's a part in it where they go, Balzac! and I was like, that's a toy. I can relate <laughs>
0: What? I didn't know what it, it meant it, otherwise. They, it, it? it does... Well, um, <laughs> for full disclosure, I am actually... Um, we're Googling
1: this as we're speaking. I, I Googled
0: it because I wanted to make sure I was spelling it right. And, in fact, I am spelling it right. But uh, not to veer all, too much out the rabbit hole, down the rabbit hole here, <laughs> but like, not like we won't ever on this show. Especially There's never the a tangent to- anywhere on this show. But, basically, the way... You know what? Never mind. I, I'm not going <laughs> to worry about it. It's gonna you can't take...
2: have that much build-up and then not talk about
0: right. it. Right. Well, what? What was... I'm not good at... It, it basically, it was a ball that floated. Like, you like you would hit it, and then it would be in the air for a long period of time. It was cool because it was like a huge kind of very large ball that you could hit, and, and it would stay so in the air of like for a long like when you
1: used to throw balloons... Like, you played balloons after birthday party or something like that, and you sort of toss them back and forth, and they'd float around... Only it was. How does one ball
3: contain more air than the average ball?
2: Well, it just had a. It was a balloon inside, and then it had a tough exterior so that you could beat it and Ah. you know play keep keep it in the air with it for a long time without popping it it. it. Yeah. Sounds unbelievable. I'm still. It's, it's pretty believable.
0: I'm, I, I'm, so I'm, much
2: so that we forgot all about it. I'm still
0: <laughs> stuck on the fact that you had a Casio, and only because uh, uh, if I had a choice, I would have traded in every single toy for a second working Casio. The Casio that I had, I did think we we covered this a lot. One of the last episodes
2: about how I think it was the, the episode that I was on, and we talked about how everyone's Casio wound up leaking battery acid at some point.
1: And it happens. It, oh, ha- it These things will happen. I think part of that, though, too, and I don't know if we discussed this last time or not, was that there was that point where you suddenly lost interest in the Casio and it got shoved in a closet for a couple years.
0: How does anybody lose interest in you? And I
1: think that's when they would start to, like, the battery would start to corrode and the
3: connectors. Oh, so yeah. Like yeah. my best friends borrowed it in college and started some sort of, like, uh, it was supposed to be, like, a an ironic goth duo, Mm. and neither of them knew how to play piano. And so they wrote with Sharpie on all of the keys. What what each note was well, not knowing how to play is essential sins. if you're
2: going to be in an er- ironic band i'm envisioning
0: True. like a real life version of molly shannon and chris Kattan. <laughs> <I wish. laughs> Some... i'll start
3: that band oh, yes, you very
1: much.
0: <laughs> no but i i feel like there's a there's an interesting point to be made which is that um you saying that you know you are involved in music and you are very much involved in music now what instruments did you learn to play? Were you a big keyboard-slash-piano player when you were a kid? I learned piano,
3: but I couldn't play anything on piano now. Yeah. The best I did was a very simplified version of the Nutcracker. Okay. And I took some jazz in college. But I took some drums in high school. What else did I do? I mostly sang. I took a lot of voice lessons. Sure. Stuff like that.
0: So the the first versions of your love of singing can be certainly... Document are certainly documented on these tapes. Yeah, it seems.
3: Uh, the uh, origins of just me loving the sound of my own voice. (laughs) Indeed, (laughs) indeed, indeed. I know, think of it that. Yeah, I was (laughs) gonna say
1: that's not a common theme on the show at all.
2: (laughs) Well, an an important continuation of uh, these tapes is that you have the new version.
3: I know, and I'd like to say, I was just trying to, I was talking about this earlier. This is scary. I so I recorded (laughs) um, a yeah, a, what would you call it? It's like a, I re-recorded the tape in my adult life about, oh, 2011. Um, I recreated the whole tape. I went to the Sears Portrait Studio on Rego Park, and I had them take a photograph. of. I brought this tape, and I had them unroll the backdrop that looked most like the one from the school what? picture. I, I bought say, a shirt that looked the same. This will be
0: on the website. These are
1: going on the website, because I, until it's we brought amazing. out the second one, and you, I saw in there it was 2011, and I did the math that it's only two years later. You didn't tell me that when, when we were It really does this. look like it could have been like your 8th or ninth grade class photo.
0: Oh gosh, yeah. But you went to, you said you went to a Sears Portrait Studio. Which those they recently still, like, just means? shut down. Oh, they finally got rid of those? They, they did. So but sad. like a couple
3: years after I thankfully made this tape. So wow. I don't know where I'll get my next one but it's basically this thing is a time capsule. Like I never listened to it. I just made it and I put it on the tape and I put it away and in another 15 years I'll record another one.
0: So... Wait, wait! Time out here. You've never listened to the never
3: one... listened to that tape.
0: So are we al- going to be allowed to put this yeah, online? I'm,
3: I'm nervous, but You're... you should do it. It's got to be here. It, it, it
0: won't be here on the show, but uh, check us out when we have it uh, up online. We'll have it sometime very soon. Not uh, by the time you hear this, but very soon.
1: We'll throw a bonus segment up as we are want to do from time to time. Oh
2: yeah, you know it. Yeah, that's a good good idea. Well, it'll be episode what, 9a or
3: whatever
1: yeah i don't have we <laughs> nine prime
0: <laughs> let's uh let's exactly. take a listen to uh, do you need to introduce this uh, second part of the is tape it's... at all or i
3: just i think you should just play just play it just play it
0: we'll be surprised here we okay. go let's do it
4: hi this is Beck again now i'm going to sing everything that's coming up roses and this is my impression of ethel merman this was from gypsy I had a dream, a dream about you, baby. It's gonna come true, baby. They think that we're through, but baby, you. bus You
0: and I. Okay, so now we understand that the year that you had done these ones were in 1994. And before, it
3: looks like it, yeah. Oh, crazy. And I know that, yeah, you you guys, your last, um, or one of your guests, Josh, right? Um, mm-hmm. he also did that George Bush impression. <laughs> I was about to bring that back, not, though. Not,
2: it was not Josh Everyone Rubin. yelling at it
1: it once. Was
3: it? We're not yelling. Oh, it was some friend of yours in the playground?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was Brooks. That was in the last episode, though, was a George Bush impression. Yes, um, although, I mean, was
3: very that, was the,
1: that was the
2: first thing I said to Alan after he emailed me the clips to set him up, was I said, ah, I wish we had that George Bush impression for last time. Fairness
0: it should be implemented here, and that uh, year impression said, no more taxes, taxes versus Brooks, which was no new taxes. I
1: The correct line is no new taxes.
3: No, I it's, want to be right. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay.
2: Honestly, like you did Ethel Merman. I think you win. It's I, I okay. would like to get cool. someone's impression of Ethel Merman. Not your voice impression, but uh, I don't know who that is. I only know that as a name, as a reference from when I was a kid. I feel like uh... it was brought up on Tiny Toons. I've never seen Gypsy. So Uh, someone tell me who that is.
1: I I will Google this as we
3: continue. Or we could
2: ask Becca what her um, she's included in someone.
3: Uh, She was a. She's from Astoria. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. Tell Uh, us more. Let's go. uh, You want to read the factual, the the whole Ethel Merman biography biography from IMDb?
1: (sighs) Okay. No, because it's really long. So I'm not going to do that. Don't.
0: Yes.
3: It should be long. She had a long and nourishing career let, 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 let's roll it back you're um, i grew up on ethel merman you grew up she was a classic on, actress yeah. you
0: grew up on like Bar- on barbara and ethel merman no strictly ethel strictly ethel no barbara no barbara
3: um ethel merman played you. the played uh mama rose and gypsy um which is my favorite musical but um she did a lot of broadway acting a lot of stage um and sc- and screen um but she had a very very booming powerful voice which was sort of her her angle. She wasn't like a willowy flower with a soft
2: Is that what drew you to her as oh, a performer? yeah, totally.
3: Okay. She's a lot more outlandish she's and a very lot bigger and... and she's not, you know, very typically feminine. And I think it was pr- very cutting edge for that time. I'm I'm happy that she <laughs> had a career. I'm really inspired by women like that. So,
0: What uh, was the way that you got into it? Was it like your parents just had...
3: My mom had an old joke with one of her college roommates. They would they had like a costume trunk and he would dress up and uh, like put on a wig and sunglasses and vacuum around the house singing in an Ethel Merman impersonation. So just something I grew up with, people doing Ethel Merman impersonations.
1: One of the things I thought was interesting or stuck with me is the fact that you knew all of the words to the song. And in the days before the internet, like if you see, if you ah. didn't have the, if you lost the booklet to your CD or you, like some CD or tape, sometimes I didn't even put the lyrics in there. Like, unless you listened to that song a million times. Yeah. Pure repetition. <laughs> right. Like if you want to know the words to a song, you couldn't just Google that.
3: It's, it
2: was you. just have to keep listening and listening and listening. When um, you made the new
1: version of the tape, did you also still remember all the lyrics, or did you I look think I'll
3: and... always know that song? Yeah. <laughs> cool.
1: Yeah. But yeah, like when you did the heartbreak, the back to the first segment when you're bidding of the heartbreak hotel clip, you said, "I'm only going to do the intro because nobody knows all the words."
3: Right. Also, it was completely out of my range. If you didn't notice, yeah. I started like grumbling and whispering at the end because it drops so late. i don't know what you're talking about i thought it sounded great right
1: I, 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 and i appreciated the fact too that you were attempting to imitate the stinging the singing style of all the other performers are trying to do sort of the voice and
0: what did your parents listen to like were they they, they listened to a lot of this old music and you and just sort of rubbed on you in that way old, well, this is
3: a classic i think when i was a kid i was into like you know the icons you know like madonna michael jackson and ethel Merman, sure. <laughs> and elvis and, you know yeah well, the I mean, basics
0: they're, they're, they're not going anywhere they're certainly uh very much in the american lexicon if you will but i didn't grow up with a lot of records so i guess i'm just it, always inherently curious as to when people are growing up and all these musicians all these artists uh make an impression on people and right. especially with you and all this recording and how you are singing in voices that regardless of how many lyrics you know, you pretty much have the impression spot on. So you must have been hearing all this a lot and uh so you just your parents would play these records and uh They you, didn't
3: play a record, they were playing tapes. They were playing actually, tapes yeah. good good segue. Yeah. Your parents were <laughs> big musical people. Or my like, mom is super into music. She used to she took me to a lot of my first concerts and introduced me to like B-52s. First concert, I was really, I don't remember. I was the Sugar Cubes, Bjork's old band. I was like four. But then the second one that I actually remember is the B-52s at Great Woods in Boston. Um, And, but yeah, no, I used to drive, my mom would drive me to school every morning and it was about a half an hour drive. And we always listened to tapes in the car. And that's how I listened to all of my music Is just the tapes. Tapes. And I was super into soundtracks also. Oh, yeah. Um, not the coolest my, thing in the no, world. No, my mom was wasn't there. so much into that.
0: But I can remember uh, on occasion tapes being played in the car. And one of the only ones I remember her ever playing was Gloria Estefan. Oh, yeah. For some reason. It's, like, the only oh, tape I, I can remember. dad people.
1: was and probably still is into Gloria Estefan, like – the way, my mother, the way my mother has described my father's taste in music is that he likes the worst music from every decade.
3: Oh, no. My Someone's first, got
1: to. Right. I mean, my first concert was the Backstreet Boys.
3: Oh, yeah.
1: And my dad took me, and I think he was more excited for the show than I was.
3: <laughs> He's like, Backstreet's back. All right. And, he, and, All he, and right. he danced
1: like a white boy the entire time.
3: <laughs> Whoa, you're like, Dad? Uh, stop. You're
1: embarrassing me. <laughs> my dad is a... Adorable, but he o- he only likes awful pop music. If
3: that is a good dad to take you to a Backstreet Boys concert and not grumble about it, yeah. I'd be personally excited. A privilege, a privilege.
0: You're all looking at me. Oh, oh I learned about sex from Gloria Estefan because she had a song called Sex in the 90s. That was the first time I ever saw the word mm-hmm. sex written. That that, that's all.
1: Like. That was the point of the Gloria Estefan tangent before I hijacked it? Well,
0: I mean, there's no real actual point. I think it's just really... Going about this in a uh, diplomatic way, um, you're singing on these tapes in such a fashion that it, you can't. no one who listens to it can help but think, what kind of music were you listening to? And so, granted, it all stems from what your parents were listening to because chances are there's not a whole lot that you're listening to well, without I, your I parents. I think
2: Elvis is uh, such a uh, – like the perfect choice because he's so yeah. instantly uh, – uh, impersonatable. What's, the, what's the word for that? In, what's, Impressiona- yeah,
1: what's the, uh, no, impressionable means being able to yeah. like make uh, impersonatable. Imitatable. Exactly. Impersonable. Imitable. No. No.
0: Imitable. <laughs> <Inmitable.
1: laughs> yeah, I just
2: feel canon. like every Inmitate domain. I feel like every person that sees Elvis for the first time starts like cur- oh, curling gosh, their sure. lip up yeah. in a funny way. Oh yeah. No. It's also
3: like one of the most like cliche stock impressions in like the comedy canon, which is funny. It's. And that's why. Did because you know that was... as a
2: recording child, or <laughs> no did you learned that since <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: "Bye Bye
0: Birdie" was essentially on that whole uh, canon of uh, t- taking a whole musical and crafting it out of some teen heartthrob with a cowlick and making him into some stud yeah. going into the army. Gosh, who was that? Who was that? Who 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 on earth? So it's the, it's the, yeah. It's I mean, funny it's... though. I don't
3: think as a kid, like in our generation, growing up, you would ever like crushed out on Elvis because you know what he looked like the whole span of his life looked like. And he just got, he started looking really shitty.
1: Yeah. It's one of those things like, too. Like, I don't even think I appreciate it until I was older. What hot young Elvis looked like because yeah. my, my thought of Elvis was fat jumpsuit Vegas Elvis. He like that's, died on a toilet with a sandwich
3: in his mouth. Like, right, like sexy. I,
1: yeah. Like going back and actually seeing pictures of old, especially like pre-world Elvis, like when he's in the suits and has the hair and doing all the films, like he, he
3: was a good looking dude. He had it going on. It's going
2: on. We you heard it here first.
0: Yep. <laughs> Ladies think Elvis is attractive. <laughs> they th- they think Elvis had it going on. Another icon, if you will, that is um, much decidedly less memorable is coming up in this next clip. Sally Jesse Raphael. Before we play the clip, what was your deal with Sally, Jesse Raphael?
3: My childhood best friend, Vanessa, was super into talk shows. And I think we were just goofing off after school. I hung out with her every day after school. And I was like, let's add something to this tape I've got going on. A year later. Um, that wasn't a year later. Was it? Well, we just, I think, we, you know, We what just signed off. I think you'll hear it's not... I, like, couldn't wait. I couldn't you wait couldn't, another couldn't year. You couldn't wait to do something. I had Jessie to add F- something <laughs> sooner. <laughs> um, so I was like, Vanessa, like, let's do this tape thing. So... Of course, the premise is, I'm famous in the future, mm-hmm. and she is Sally Jesse Raphael, mm-hmm. and she's interviewing me as a guest.
0: Well, let's take a listen and see uh, what they came up with.
4: Hi, this is Becca Kaufman again. It is December 12th, 1994, and this is not a new song or album, but this is actually a recording of the Sally Jesse Raphael talk show, and I'm being interviewed, and I also sing a song, so here it is. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Sully Jesse Raphael show. Our first and only guest. Well, I'll let you guess. She has been on world tour for more than two years. She has been to France, Germany, Europe, Greece, and Mexico. Here she is, Becca Kaufman. Hi. Hi, Becca. This is Sally Jesse Raphael, and we're going to ask you a few questions, is that alright? Oh, sure, that's fine. Okay, um, to start off, are you married, do you have any children? No, I don't, but I'm planning to adopt. Uh, where do you live? I live in the United States. Where do your parents live? Um, they've been living in Germany for the past one first year, so when I went to one of my tours in Germany, I got to saw them, it was nice. Are you planning to go on any more world tours? Yes, the next one I'm going on is in England. Okay, well, I hear you're going to sing a little song for us. Yes, it's called You and the Night and the Stars. One of your best hits. Okay, you ready to you wanna play? Yep. Okay, here she is, Rebecca Kaufman, singing You and the Night and the Stars. <laughs> you and the Night for the night that would make me so
1: was it the last episode that we also had you talk i listen
2: mm-hmm.
1: yes so in addition to the george bush impersonation so we've had we've sort of talked about talk shows i guess before a little bit um but i think it's interesting i don't know you went with or are not necessarily interesting just funny you went with sally jesse raphael of all of like the late night 90s afternoon talk shows i remember those being on after school like yeah like the ricky lake and um yeah. phil
2: phil donahue yeah, Oprah. We, yeah. we haven't really talked about that at all. That yeah. was sort of a golden era for it really was. that, that sort of talk show. Yeah, Directions.
1: like that's Oprah. That was when Oprah was really blowing up before she was Oprah! Fees! No. The, the, the one impersonation that you guys will ever hear me do on the show is the Oprah. That was that was it. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> mark it. I'll mark, make sure that gets in. Mark, make sure that makes the episode.
0: Daytime talk show uh, culture was very, very vibrant. Legit, yeah.
2: Yeah, it was before everyone uh, knew that what's his name was faking it. Who? Steve, Steve, Steve. Oh, Jerry? Yeah. yeah. Some of the,
1: I think some of them in the early days were real, but what happened is people figured out they could get on TV by making up these ridiculous characters and stories. The and people sure. made them fake. Yeah, yeah. And,
0: yeah. It, and now Day it's an unfortunate precursor to reality shows in some form or another. Yeah. The kind ca- of yeah. crafting the scenarios that you see in
2: live talk shows Ugh, or, or tape so talk true. shows. And, and then dragging them out over many, many episodes. All oh, the <laughs> dynamics that yeah used to yeah. make for
1: great little it was cat like cut. Yeah.
2: Well,
0: what one thing that was very clear in my from what from these years at least was uh, <laughs> the production value for this these four great hits was a million times better than the production value for the Danziger Zone over fifty tapes because.
3: Well, you did yours out. Uh you know you were like out man on the, the street out, yeah
0: out and about we'll, we'll get to that later we'll, we'll we'll play some clips we'll we'll keep you around but
2: so what we'll, you're saying is there's an advantage to being indoors when recording things <laughs>
0: uh, yo if I was able to carry a Casio around me I'm saying she had an advantage but no the, the, oh, a
3: disadvantage I couldn't I couldn't record a tape without the Casio
0: what well
3: was did, my, did you have a head. handheld
0: or did you have a was it like you, a boombox
3: yeah oh, that's a really good question I don't remember what it looked like. It was probably, it was probably like in between. It wasn't a boom box, but it was something small, like with a handle. Yeah, it wasn't a handheld one had. Either. I don't
0: know who made them, but I used that too before I ended up getting these little ones that you could fit in your hands. Right. Uh, and, and yeah, it was, uh, it was a, re- a legitimate, a size that it was much bulkier than you would want to bring, but certainly something that if you wanted to, you could bring with you and it wouldn't be such a detriment to like putting your backpack
3: right i think also well you're talking about talk shows and there's got to be a connection now there's two of us here that Mm -hmm. love recording tapes and also love doing talk shows and i think that it's directly related to the medium of tape of cassette tape because it's so democratic and you get to have your own voice you're like i'm pressing record this is my show exactly
2: i talk You
3: Listen. That perfectly sums it up. Which is amazing. It's still like the
1: best talk show name ever. I Talk, You Listen.
0: A lot of this is, is making me think about what was the precursor to what you have now, Becca, which is the Master Cactus Audio Cassette Magazine. I got it. Yay. The inspiration for that was something similar that existed from 1983 to 1993 on and off for 10 years and it was based in new york city and it was called telus it was called telus and i i, I who, who uh started that it was just like a group of people it's
3: two artists um yeah. who i think had known each other doing some like mm, avant-garde choreography a, yeah. <laughs> they military... were multidisciplinary artists joseph for... nev and
0: yeah, from from everything I read about this, because I'm just curious about you know, understanding what Master Cactus is all about mm-hmm. and looking back and seeing about just exactly what the inspiration was. And I was reading the website and sort of a little bit of a, a history about TELUS. And um, I'm just going to read this little blurb. When it came time to gather together some of the music we were hearing in town for TELUS in the mid-'80s, This was an unmistakable fact about which we had no delusions. We were not in the business of making pop stars then any more so than we are today. Working in nightclubs and performance spaces at the time, I understand that there is no audience per se, just a community of participants. And that's exactly what the Danziger Zone in itself was, just with kids. And what you're doing now with Master Cactus is pretty much the exact same thing, correct?
1: Totally. Yeah, so I mean, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Master Cactus Project and for all of our listeners, what is, what is an audio cassette magazine?
3: Right. So Master Cactus Audio Cassette Magazine, it comes out on a cassette tape. The difference between it, between, for example, a magazine and a mixtape or a compilation, which is what you might associate a collection of audio pieces on an audio format. The difference is that it's a little bit more, it's it's sort of a curated thing, and is it more of like almost like more of a zine than an actual like magazine sort no, of? No, it's definitely a mega yeah. a magazine. I don't know,
1: um, what the hell
0: is a zine per se. A I, zine
3: is like a DIY magazine, and well, fine, I guess you're right. It is technically a zine in that there's a DIY ethos behind it, but that's why cassette culture exists because you. It's one, it's like the first recording format that you could do yourself, you know? That's why we did this when we were kids because they created the technology for us to take something in our hand in a school bag like you did or in my room like I did and just press a button and then we get recorded, you know? Like, that's a really amazing thing to have access to, especially when you're young. And you feel like you need to be heard. Um, but this... Um, I guess it's um, in the same way that you felt really inspired by the medium of tape to record stuff and, and I did too. I think that there's something really specific to the tape and that whole process of capturing stuff on tape that is very democratic and very accessible and inspiring and it's not intimidating, you know, like. With the internet and like computers and all sorts of other kinds of recording technology, you have to, there are classes on that, you know, you can get a college degree in that you, you become an engineer with a capital E and you don't have to be any of those things to make a tape. And you also don't have to be a musician to make audio. Right. And that's another thing that I wanted to call attention to with the making of the magazine. And
2: what, regarding the, the audience and the quote that you just read along, um, I think part of, uh oh, what's interesting about tapes and why it's so accessible to people now and in the early nineties when we were making them, I suppose is that nobody has to hear it if you didn't like it, certainly, that's true of you know something that you record digitally now as well, but getting rid of it is harder, like earlier off mic, we were talking about the way back machine and how if you put something out on the internet, it's there forever and yeah, and uh most Becca, things you were telling us about how you can still find tell us online because someone went back
1: and digitized it. If inquiring minds do want to dig up some tell us clips, where should they go?
3: Yeah, um the entire archive of the ten years that it was in circulation is on Ubu Web, which is U B U W E B dot com, and then you just search TELUS, which is T E L L U S.
0: I like how when you go to the page, the first thing you see is Yoko Ono's face. Speaking <laughs> speaking of icons uh, of music history, why totally. Yoko Ono? would have her face there
3: oh because she was part of the fluxus movement and uh uh there's a tape there's a telus tape that is just fluxus artists using sound so it's all
0: experimental for the most part a
3: lot of it is very experimental yeah some of them there's not just on that tape but in general on telus there's new music like um you know like new classical music um noise music Uh, There's performance art and excerpts from actual theatrical performances. There's poetry. Um, Kiki Smith, the visual artist, has done an audio submission for this tape as well. Um, So my idea was, for my tape, is to sort of just revive that practice. Um, You know, like I, you know, there are a lot of young artists in my community, and they do music or... Or poetry, or writing, or painting, or whatever, and I wanted them all to be able to funnel their creativity into one particular medium, just as an opportunity to expand.
0: Would you say that for your you you already released the first uh, first issue, right?
3: It's coming out. It and hasn't. It hasn't come out yet. When it when do people uh, expect it? November.
0: And is that mostly music or is it quite ranged in There terms is, of,
3: there is of a, a wide variety. There's definitely a lot of musical elements to it. I got a lot of – that's the other interesting thing is I invited, you know, 30 people to submit to something that I didn't really know what it was yet. And they didn't know what it was. So it was this amazing kind of collaborative experiment where everyone's like, well, I made this thing. Like, hope this is what you wanted. And like, i wanted whatever you wanted to give me and um and to inspire people to like do something new and so there's field recordings there's sound collage there's music there are new songs that people wrote and and gave to this magazine um who are in really great bands you know like a really really talented people have submitted stuff
0: so just for for clarity's sake it's all stuff that's new nothing that was made Prior, it, it was all new submissions. It's made.
3: Everything aside from maybe one thing is made specifically for the magazine. That's great. And has never been anywhere else. Yeah.
2: Where do we go to get the magazine?
3: <laughs> you can go to mastercactus.tumblr.com mm-hmm. and there's links all over the place there.
0: Are you, now you're going to be uh, putting out the first one in November uh, next next month? Will you be, or I guess November at, by the time this goes to air? Um, my other question is, you're going to be putting out a second one uh, very soon, if I uh,
3: recall. Yeah, well, you know, like any new project, everything takes a little bit longer than you expect because you're learning it as you go. So the next one comes out as soon as I can get it out. Sure. Um, ultimately, it will become a quarterly, but. I have to build up to that. So the next one comes out when the next one comes out, which will be as soon as I can. And anybody make it can
0: come out. Anybody and anybody can
3: anyone, contribute. anyone listening right now can contribute. And you don't have to consider yourself an artist or a audio person or anything of the sort, but everyone now has the technology. The new the new tape is the is the iPhone and smartphones that have recorders inside of them. If you take That out, you always have your phone with you. You can always record a field recording or a conversation you have, and you can submit any of that to the magazine, something that you find. It's like a snapshot, an audio snapshot. It's kind of weird. An audio Instagram.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) I think that's a a good place to take a break. Yeah. I I was going to actually ask, if you
0: don't mind, Becca, would you mind sticking around and uh, listening to some... Of my tapes
3: Yeah Listen to some more tapes with we'll
0: And we'll be back With more clips This is Lost and Rewound
1: Do you want to be on Lost and Rewound? Do you have a Danziger zone Of your own Gathering dust In your parents basement? Then send us your tapes We want whatever you've got From elementary school Spelling bees To high school mixtapes Send it all To Rewound At gmail.com Come on now Get embarrassed with us.
4: It's a milk nutrition for over 90 years, and the makers of Good Start infant formula. he will get a booklet on nutrition. Really? <gasps> no, I don't want to. Oh, sweetie pie. Oh. Excuse me. A oh, no, no, let me. I need to practice. It's never too soon to start. If you're expecting,
2: join Carnation Special Delivery Club. Hello, hello. We're back.
4: We are back. Hey,
2: we are back. Do you, do you have something you want to say, Doug? Doug's very you excited about something. You don't need to give me a weird <laughs> intro like that. It's cool. I'm just. I'm, I'm, just, I'm giving you a look. I'm we're you a weird about look. to listen to a clip, and it's called KB Magazine. That oh Stands shit. for Kyle Bailey Magazine. We had Kyle and Bailey on the show. I picked it out for the show only because it had magazine in the title, and we're talking about mm-hmm. Master Cactus audio I, cassette magazine. Exactly. Thank, Thank you, you for being a completist. <laughs> um, Alon, I thought you might remember where the things he's reading for KB Magazine are actually from, or have some idea. Not entirely sure.
0: Kyle, um, will probably have to shed some light next time he comes back on the show, but, uh, sure. my impression is that it is either Cracked or Mad Magazine, either one of the two, can't remember, but, um, either one, either way, um. Who the fuck cares? It's so early in the '90s that I doubt anyone's gonna know or care. To well, I'm not asking you get for on a, our. I'm case. not asking
2: you for a citation or a copyright notice or anything. I'm just you heard it here to hear fill in, first, in the folks. listeners.
0: Yeah, um, it, it, it's from either one of those two, um, so you can tell there's gonna be some social commentary going on.
2: Well, let's listen to it. Now here's another
4: KB magazine the story. In the KB magazine is called Curious George goes to Washington by HOV. I'm Powerbelly, and I will be reading you this edition. This is George. George went to Yale. He was a good little monkey because he wasn't very curious. One day, the actor with the cowboy hat asked George if he wanted to be vice president. I'm going to violate the Constitution and sell arms illegally to Iran, the actor said. George said nothing. He wasn't very curious. For a long time, George was the actor in the cowboy hat's favorite monkey. When a foreign head of state died, then the actor in the cowboy hat didn't want to go to the funeral. George went for him. George was good at funerals. After eight years, the man in the cowboy hat left office and George ran for president. He asked a little bird named Quail to be his running mate. The little bird was not qualified. But George did not care. He wasn't very curious. George won the election. He found it was hard to be president without being curious. People lost their jobs. Oops! The deficit grew. Oops! And the little quail bird kept messing up too. Oops! Before long, George's wife and dog were more popular than him. Oops! Oops! (laughs) After four years, George ran for president again. He said everything was fine. He was still not very curious about the lost job, the big deficit, or the little bird. But the voters were curious, so they sent George away to Texas. What a nice place for George to live. That's been KB Magazine. More of
1: KB Magazine. God, Whew. Oh, so uh, George Bush is apparently a reoccurring character now on the Danziger Zone, or not the Danziger Zone on Lost and Rewound? Just for the sheer fact that, he,
0: that by the time that these tapes were being created, he was uh, he was history. It was Bill Clinton's turn in the White House, and George Bush was pretty much just a laughing stock.
1: This is two episodes in a row now where we've discussed George Bush as being a comedic trope or a. And to yeah. think I mean, it
2: was not George W. Bush. But
1: I know this he... was George H. W. <laughs> The well, first time,
2: yeah, becoming a comedic trope and having his whole personality whittled down to one sentence of you know, or even a phrase, even that you could just repeat over and over again. Uh, like that being, no new taxes.
3: I guess that's what happens. But
2: this one actually went and, went and took it further, and you and think... talked about Iran Contra. Yeah, uh, talk about Iran Contra. zone got really political de- all of de- and, a sudden, and the deficit, <laughs> the deficit, <Yeah>. deficit. <laughs> This is amazing. Oh, Kyle Bailey. Um no but the uh
0: other thing that is interesting is, is that they liken him to a monkey, and I'm pretty sure that George W.'s likening to George W. Bush's likening to Curious George definitely happened later on. Stemmed from that.
1: I was gonna say the the younger bush actually I think looks more like a monkey than the elder bush,
0: but yet the elder bush because they reference the man in the yellow hat, the actor in the yellow, the actor hat, in the cowboy hat, which was Ronald Reagan. Right, yes, so Reagan. it's just interesting how they really uh, put a nice parody. Uh, Great job, are, Mad or Cracked, Mad or whoever, whoever, whoever wrote that. I have a feeling it might have been Cracked. Mad had a more of a bite. Uh, cracked, well, I think, was just very just more or less satirical. In a way that was not nearly as uh, demeaning. It seemed it was like cruder animation. I don't know. I remember Mad having more crude animation. I remember going to the supermarkets and seeing Mad and Cracked in the magazine section, and just would go and have my head in them for hours while hours while my parents shopped because it took them hours. Um,
1: it felt like hours. It was probably twenty minutes.
2: Yeah. It well. Yeah. It probably wasn't that long. But something about those. Kind of things uh, in particular uh, felt escapist or like they were taking forever or you could get lost in them. And I think it had something to do with them uh, sort of feeling like you were getting away with something.
0: I just didn't – was.
2: well, you're about to say, sorry. Well, no. I, I thought I was getting away with something because like my dad let me read them. But at the same time, my mom would like uh, check the summaries of episodes of The Simpsons before I was allowed to watch them. Yeah. And the Mad Magazine was way worse. Yeah. Well, they, it was also a lot of subversive political humor, which really
0: should have gone over our heads. And all we had were just these crude visuals that illustrated to us what was going on in current events. And that really wasn't for anybody over, underneath
2: the age but, of 15. I mean, imagining the president as a monkey is still funny. Of
3: course. Yeah. Did you ever read any of that, Becca? You never read like any of the, um, that? Actually, it was Vanessa Winfield, my Sally Jesse Raphael. She got Mad Magazine, but I think I was a little, I don't know. It made me nervous. It was, um, it felt like too bad. <laughs> I would do that cool foldy picture thing in the back. You know, you'd fold it in three and it would yes. transform the picture. But I, I think I was scared to find out what I would, you know, to read what I, uh, to know what, I don't know. I was, I was scared.
1: I feel like Mad Magazine is one of the, this has again come up before, that there's random little childhood things that I just completely missed. Mm-hmm. I have never read, or I don't think I've ever actually seen a mad magazine in hard copy.
3: Ever. Did you do Nickelodeon Magazine? I did do Nickelodeon Magazine. That changed my life forever.
2: Um, I'm not familiar with Nickelodeon Magazine. That, that came later. Though. That was a little bit later, yeah. No? Did that have anything to do with Scholastic Press or Goosebumps? I it may have like been
1: Nickelode- a Scholastic publication, but... Mm, I don't remember seeing
0: Nickelodeon Magazine until I was much... Er- older but not that old. But I certainly didn't see it when I was 8 or 9.
1: I think again this is it comes up every now and then that we're a cu- just a few years sure. enough apart that I had, like Nickelodeon magazine was I remember the commercials cuz like ask your parents to call. Yep. Um
3: but I'm older than you and I remember those commercials yeah. and you're, I, 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 I mean, you I I I mean I remember them. I just I think it didn't it was, resonate with you. See, it, it didn't. Did it, you you, yeah, want... you were no
1: longer the target demographic.
3: Fart jokes, booger stuff, really cool. Really cool, wacky stuff.
2: You're, you've come to the she's, right place. She's cutting on your sense of humor, man. I,
3: I, <laughs> I Nickelodeon
1: magazine it really was sort of like the perfect combination of. It was of, a tastemaker. It was the perfect combination of like highlights, like figure out what's wrong with missing from this picture, but then still like weird, cracked or mad. Like, uh, like the pictures were just kind of a little off. Like they weren't.
3: It was just like it catered to gross kids' bathroom humor, which is my favorite kind. And Ooh. yet
0: for some reason, and I feel terrible admitting that, making this admission, I. Never saw The Garbage Pail Kids.
3: Oh. I never had that. I missed that one too. They were just in the form of trading cards, right? There was a movie for it. Oh, I've never seen that either. I I think it was a little B. You know, it was a B movie. So it was more of an it was 80- a B
1: movie. Well, I think wasn't it also more wasn't of like it? an 80s rip on Cabbage Patch Kids, which well, were yes, that's, that's the original. Before movie. my my youth, I
3: didn't, didn't have that happen yeah. to me. I didn't do that Cabbage Patch. Yeah, I thought that was more of an 80s thing. It,
0: that that wasn't a question of
3: how right. good
2: the movie was. I was just saying that. I, I don't I, think
3: you should feel ashamed.
2: I, the, the movie. I feel like you should go to a Garbage Pail Kids and Revenge of the Killer Tomatoes double feature.
3: Now,
0: Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is what it is, but incidentally, that was something I followed. I always wonder why that never got the remake treatment. We have a bajillion different zombie, werewolf. Didn't whenever. they make
2: a cartoon out of it in the 90s? The cartoon was fine.
0: I, that's actually how I knew about it. And then I looked and found in my old video store, which unfortunately just recently just kicked the can. of They, f-
1: <laughs> they finally they, closed the video rental store in
0: Woodstock? They closed the Woodstock. They lasted a long time. It, yeah. How, they,
2: how they keep it going?
0: DVDs? I don't know. There's
1: actually still one. It was open when I was in college, and I'm pretty sure it's still there, because I would have heard from somebody back in Richmond. There is a, a um, local video rental store in Richmond, Virginia that is still open. Awesome. What's it called? There's Fan a- Video, I think it's, yeah, because it's the neighborhood's. Anyway, shout out to Fan Video. if Something like yeah, keep it up, Brooklyn. I if, think they actually have VHSs too. There yes. are a
0: few of them oh, yeah. still sprinkled around Brooklyn. They're not—they're not, they're scarce, and they're getting more more by the year. But they do exist. Uh, but getting back to Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, they must have made, God, I want to say about three of them, maybe maybe four of them. And the first one was freaky to a 12-year-old me because there were these tomatoes that kill people, but they were just, they didn't actually show any violence. They just showed tomatoes basically smothering people in tomato sauce, and then they not die. And Could you was, tell
2: the blood from the tomato sauce?
0: I think that might have been the reason why tomatoes were, in fact, the uh, the subject of the antagonistic villain. So
2: it was a clever production technique, not, oh, yeah. not necessarily the product of demographic research.
0: Campiness yeah. to the fullest extreme. My you vet- eat
3: more or less tomato product after seeing these movies?
0: For a while, I actually didn't even like ketchup, not because of the movie. But, <laughs> but that was
2: Ducula's fault.
0: That was... Du- well, If we're going to go down the rabbit hole here. Ducula was brilliant, because Ducula, if you guys don't know... was It's on car- YouTube. Look it up. Duc- Ducula... Was a show that existed, and it would not have existed were it not for Danger Mouse. duckulo was a character that was so uh, specific that it, he got his own show, and the gist was that he didn't eat. He was he was he didn't he didn't prey on characters. He preyed on vegetables. He had a thirst. for... For tomato juice and celery, he he didn't like blood. He was a vegetarian vampire duck.
1: The original vegetarian vampire, it's my hero. Yep. He
0: he, he so, so I think actually now that I mentioned it, I'm probably gonna just try and see if I can go as him for Halloween. I'll get like a duck bill. That's a great idea. A duck bill. I support this. <laughs> a
1: duck bill. Halloween costume decided. Uh,
0: I, I. What what do you guys think i doing for Halloween? And anything uh, going back to the the past. In that same regard, while Ac- we're on that topic,
1: actually, because we... I have
0: no idea what I was doing until just now.
1: Yeah, actually, <laughs> um, when we for- when you and I first started talking about this project at the very late last year, and I went and I- when I went home for Thanksgiving, I dug some boxes out of my parents' um, storage unit or whatever, trying to find just all like the five boxes left of my childhood. Because mm-hmm. part of the reason I no longer have my Casio keyboard is we moved a lot. Mm. It's like my childhood got garage sold several times.
2: Now someone else has your childhood,
1: right? <laughs> like, yeah. all of like my old CDs and like. VHSs. Anyways, I dug out the last couple boxes of like important childhood things that my parents had managed to save, and in one of the boxes that I got back from my parents were my Girl Scout satches from brownies and Yay! from juniors. So I got the brown one and the green one. Oh,
3: yeah. I love that. So
1: I think I'm going to be a Girl Scout for Halloween. Oh, that's
3: brilliant. I like it.
2: Kate and I are talking about being Xena uh, and Hercules. Nice. Uh, but I don't know if I'm in good enough shape to do it yet. Without even nah. on it.
1: No, you
3: just need um, a blonde wig and you're good. You
1: need the Kevin Sorbo hair. Yeah, exactly. I need the hair. Um, but, uh, yeah, you and, just need a wig and leather and pants. Your uh, costume's actually really easy.
2: Alternative, if I uh, if I back out on that one, is uh, going as uh, Buster and Lucille too. Nice. We already have the sparkle jacket. What about you, Becca?
3: What am I going to be for Halloween? Yeah. Um. Well, my band is playing a show on Halloween, and we're all going to go in different... We have a friend with a... A little um, collection of cool costumes like banana and M&M and hot dog. Stuff like that. Those are all going to be food? Yeah, I guess those are our food items. Yeah, I think we're going to be like large cartoon food items.
2: I like it. Yeah. When slash where is the show?
3: October 31st slash Shea Stadium in Brooklyn. Not the Shea Stadium. No, they opened up Bushwick, yeah? It's in Bushwick. Yep, it's a it's like a small little DIY space.
0: Because it's occurring to me with all the music talk that we've been uh, touching upon, Becca and I met each other through karaoke, and one of the first times I ever saw—much like I've met a lot of people, but uh, I
1: met—much <laughs> like
0: you and I met each other as well, uh, and Jimmy. Whatever the fact is, is that I've met a lot of people through karaoke in this great city of New York. Uh, Becca being uh, no exception to that uh, social. Uh, comfort and the first one of the first songs I ever saw Becca sing was Like a Prayer by Madonna. Um, we have a clip right now from the bus ride. One of the bus one of the many bus rides where uh, recordings were made and who knew what was going to be said. Uh, not me doing this, but some other Let's
1: go take a ride on the bus.
0: Let's take a take a ride on the bus and hear Vroom. Madonna bitches.
1: Oh it's time for
4: Celebrity Profiles. Hello, and this is Celebrity Profiles done by Ian Lane. Today we have Madonna with us. Yes, you do. And we're going to be asking her some questions. All right, Madonna, what are some of your songs? Well, uh, I've done many songs. just like Secret. Like Secret and... uh, uh bedtime stories and this used to be my playground uh uh what and take a bow uh all right madonna that's enough can you sing one of your songs yes but i don't want to i have a sore throat <laughs> okay uh <coughs>
2: that was most reminiscent of madonna's character in dick tracy to me
1: yeah <laughs> I was it was that corinne doing both the interviewer and madonna uh as
0: indicated by the clip uh, a gentleman by the name of ian lane um was the Madonna in person impression? He is good. Wait, where is he now? I don't know if I'm disclosed to say.
3: Oh, We've, we don't yeah. have a release from him yet. No, we don't. It's not that we
0: don't. He's just because he's he's too cool for school, and uh, I, I I don't even know if he will ever even hear this. But if he, if you're out there, Ian Lane,
1: we would love to have you on the show. We
0: would
2: adore you, and we think you're Madonna is. Fantastic, but
1: captured yeah, definitely like the essence of that mid '90s height of like the pointy boob like sex book phase. Madonna.
3: I, I, I All the songs that he mentioned were the ones that came out right when we were that age. You know, like those are not her most famous songs, but Take a Bow. Yeah, yeah. Take a Bow. This with used the- to be my playground from the League of Their Own. And oh, that's where it was from. <laughs> yeah, this Great.
1: used to be my playground. Used to be.
3: It was good.
1: I love a League of the Room. I know it's the best movie. I actually ever made. I
0: enjoy the movie because uh well it, Madonna's it good, in it. it. had a good cast. And yeah. a weird cast. Rosie O'Donnell, Gina uh, Gershon. Gershawn.
1: Not Gina Davis.
3: Gina, Gina Davis. Davis. Thank Oof, you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, and then um Who Plays Kit? What's her Rosie
0: name? Rosie O'Donnell was in that movie too. Was- Tom Hanks. Um God there was a lot of people in that. Yeah, movie. No,
1: that was sort of a nineties all-star but power woman. The
0: other songs that were being mentioned there were from an album called Bedtime Stories, which we talked about, which was a very lesser-known sexual. Um, what was it? Um uh, Baby's Got My Baby's Got a Secret. Uh and that and Bedtime Stories is the the song. Uh, and
3: I'd rather be your lover, like um
0: Oops. I didn't know we were going to talk about sex. Yeah, that
3: one too. She was really all over it. Yeah, this was like it's
0: human nature. nature.
1: Yeah. This was the album that fell That's like right sense between sense. whichever one it was that Vogue was on and then like a prayer when she not like a prayer, Ray of Light when she suddenly went all techno dance. Kabala shit, yeah. yeah.
0: Um so you remember this stuff and and did that was that in the prime of when you started getting into Madonna yourself Becca?
3: Um I think it must have been. I mean you couldn't avoid Madonna. That was just a thing that happened. Like do you remember when Michael Jackson died? Like what was that 4 years ago? And there were kids there were kids, like eight-year-olds, who were like mourning his death and knew who he was. And it's one of those Madonna is the same kind of thing. No matter how old you are, you always know who she is, and you probably always will. Like generations and generations beyond us, they'll always just know who she is. She's just in our not unlike Elvis
2: for us. Well, well,
3: exactly. Do you think like we
0: were there? Do you feel like maybe the, the eight-year-olds that knew about Michael Jackson knew about because they were raised. By Michael Jackson, in terms of like what their parents, because who you know who were a part of that generation who grew up on Michael Jackson, it was no different than kids at the time when John Lennon died who were affected because they grew up on the Beatles and vice versa. No, when you're it, raised, I think that's a valid point. Yeah,
1: something like Michael Jackson or Madonna that it's sort of the next wave or our generation's equivalent of the things that we heard as children that we're then gonna play for our kids because that's just sort of our I I don't know like.
3: They're the living legends.
1: Right, like they're just such classic, iconic. You can't not sit your kids down and play them a Beatles album at some point. You're going to, like, sort of the same thing.
3: My argument is that you don't have to sit down and make your kids listen to anything. Just by existing, your ears will end up running into the sounds of Madonna and Michael Jackson. And And Prince, to an extent. I hope so. His discography is so extensive. I'm not sure how many, how the, likely it is people will the hear the whole thing. The wrote a song
0: a day for who knows how long. The guy is a workhorse and plays
1: however many different instruments. So, I mean, he yeah. might actually be the hardest working man in show business.
0: And the shortest. Well, now that James <laughs> Brown has
2: has left us, <laughs>
0: and that was another one too. Again, it's like all these artists that our parents listen to, and when they die, it affects us in a sort of a secondary profound way. Yeah. Uh, there are those that we listen to, like Elliot Smith for me when he passed away. Your parents listened to Elliot Smith? No, well, I did. My parents it, it's did. A, it was a different... You had the coolest parents in the world, <laughs> probably. I was
1: going to say, yeah, my whole concept, and we've talked about this before, my whole concept of music that I grew up on or childhood classic things is my parents... Um, my parents were relatively young when I was born, so like my whole childhood was my mother listening to Smashing Pumpkins in
3: 1993. Like that's my <laughs> <laughs> soundtrack of your life.
1: Right. Like my copy of Dookie I had in high school I actually stole from my parents because like, they bought it when. It, Whoa. Yeah. See that I never had that. Right, my but God. like I didn't grow up that's like awesome. a lot of people who grew up on the classic. Like I didn't grow up. I didn't find discover Zeppelin until I was in college. Like I I'd, just like, never listened to Zeppelin. Right. Like, yeah. There's certain stuff like that that I just never. Joni Mitchell, like a lot of the sort of this classic. 60s and 70s artists that people think of as growing up with because their parents played them, I never had. Mm.
0: Let me uh, just take this one moment to let Becca tap the floor here. Um, You've got Master Cactus, Audio Cassette Magazine. Yeah. You've also got a show coming up. Yeah. What else do you have to plug?
1: You've got so much oh going God. on. What,
3: what an fuck? opportunity. You're a dynamo. <laughs> to, to, to throw it back to the 90s for a second, here's your time to do a shout out. This is Becca Kaufman on September 26, 2013, coming at you live. No. live um, on live.
1: Keep it going. Keep <laughs> going. You got
3: the pit. Go with it. <laughs> I'm going to start on page one of my autobiography. Just bear with me, JK. Um, okay. I'm in a band. It's called Ava Luna, and we are playing a show on Halloween at Shea Stadium. Uh, in Brooklyn. Um, But yeah, Master Cactus Audio Cassette Magazine. It's the whole reason why I'm here. Um, Submit something. Please submit something. I'd love to have anything from you. If you've ever heard anything in your entire life, you belong on this tape magazine.
0: Do you have a website too that people could check out all your announcements? You can find us on
3: Facebook. Just search Master Cactus. And it's also a Tumblr, .tumblr mastercactus.tumblr.com. And you can go to my website, Becca
0: You are an inspiration, Becca. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here on Lost and Rewound. And thanks for, for having for me. For being here in person. You're the best. Oh, I got to
3: touch this fuzzy blanket, so
0: definitely come back again soon.
3: Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks, guys. Lost you're
0: and gotten. Rewound. <laughs>
1: That's our show, folks. Thanks for hanging out with us again for another fantastic episode of Lost and Rewound. Thanks to Becca Kaufman for joining us. Yes. And don't forget, you can check us out on the internet, lostandrewound.com, and all sorts of other places. Facebook, Twitter, we're on iTunes. We're on iTunes. Make sure to rate us there, too, just so you know. If you you follow us on iTunes, give us some stars. Uh, Gmail, et cetera, et cetera, online, we own it all, Lost and Rewound.
0: Thank you very much again to all who continue to listen, and we will be back next month for another exciting episode.
1: Lost and Rewound is hosted by Alan Danziger, Jimmy Hoffman, and Melissa Lloyd, produced by Doug Johnson.
2: Take care, America.